What is what? up, Oasis people? We are back on the Oasis podcast, coming at you for another week. And this week, if you haven't heard about it, I don't know where you've been, if you're living under a rock with Patrick Starr, but we're talking about the Asbury <laughs> Revival um, that's been going on recently. But, but first, before we kick it off, if you didn't go to school, wherever you went to school, talk, talking college here, yep, undergrad. where would you have gone? Mine's easy. So I went to the Jacks, all my people. I went to SDSU, but I would easily for sure have gone to University of Texas, hook them, go Longhorns. <laughs> I, from the littlest of ages, like I, I have pictures of me and Leslie, like a little, little, little kid in Texas stuff, but it was so expensive. Like I'm talking like $30,000 a year to go to school there. And I wasn't, I wasn't about that. Yep. So in, a, in another life. Yeah. I don't ascribe to any theology that uh, says another say. life, but will there be colleges in heaven? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the jacks, though. The jacks. You want to go next, Jimmy? Go. Go for it. Uh, so I went to Indiana Wesleyan University in Indiana, um, and my first thought is if I went anywhere else, it would just be someplace warm. Hmm. Um, but I also would have loved to have gone to SSU just so I could be a part of Oasis. And I was not saying that as like a plug, but I actually really love Oasis. There and I go. wish I had had Oasis when I was a college student. Do so. you have like a warm state in mind? Like are you a wildcat, like a little Arizona University? I don't know. I haven't thought about it. GCU? It's the first time I'm thinking about it. Okay. There I probably go. wouldn't. I mean, my first thought wasn't like, what would I study at these places? But so yeah, somewhere warm. Somewhere warm. That's probably what I would have done. Dylan's still technically an undergrad. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's been he's been stretching this guy out, but we're long <laughs> long ways in, long ways away. <laughs> um, I originally went to SDSU, so I'm an I'm an old Jack. I'm um, not a full Jack, half Jack, I guess. Well, Ben's not a full Jack either, that but he he considers himself yeah. a Jackrabbit. Um, I tried to go here before I came to SDSU but it was CSU in Fort Collins, Colorado State University. Big mountain guy, not a corn guy. So Colorado's (laughs) got my heart and corn doesn't. In your next life? Next life, yeah, in heaven. We're going to get canceled before we even start. Everybody's turned the podcast off already. We haven't even started talking about the controversial thing and people are already like, oh man, these heretical Gen Zers. (laughs) All right, let's talk about it. So we are talking about... um, the Asbury Revival. And so first of all, like I said, if you haven't heard about it, we're just going to run through quickly, what is it? Mm -hmm. Um, So Asbury is a Christian college in Wilmore, Kentucky. Um, And since February 8th, today is the 21st that we're recording this. And I believe it's still going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's been almost two full weeks because we record these on Tuesdays. So tomorrow will will have been two weeks um, since it has uh, been going on. Um, but there's been nonstop worship, 24-7. People have been in their chapel worshiping. People have been around their campus. Um, and people have traveled from all over the country to be a part of this. This started out with about 20 people after their normal Wednesday chapel two weeks ago. Um, and now, what, there's about 20,000 that are there? Yeah, this last weekend. So, again, you'll, you'll be hearing this one week post yeah. when we're talking. But, yeah, this last weekend, over the three-day weekend, there was 20,000 people they were having to turn people away off the interstates because there was no more room really in the city. Uh, they have their main worship center, which I don't know what the quantity of people is, but you can look. It's not huge, right? No. It's got to be five, 600 who can probably fit in there. Then they've overflowed into like the foyer, onto the stairs, out into the um, grassy green areas. There's three other places that they've set up overflow rooms that have been filled for the last like week. 
So yeah, huge quantities of people who were there. <clears throat> so okay, with all of this craziness and now the mass mm-hmm. movement of twenty thousand people, how did this happen? Yeah, it it's it's a easy and tough question to answer. Yeah, because the easy answer is it was an ordinary Wednesday chapel. They at a this Christian school, I think Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they had chapel, so students are required to attend these as Christian students there. And so they came to chapel like any other other normal day. And the preacher that day was Zach Merkreebs. I don't know how to say his last name. But I watched the sermon. And he preached a sermon from Romans 12 where he talked about what it looked like to love as Christians and how it was impossible for us to fulfill the 30 commands that Romans 12 lays out for true Christ-like love. I mean, it's like love without being angry, love selflessly, love like abundantly, love unconditionally. Like there's these commands Jesus has laid out that Paul is re- reiterating in Romans 12 that Zach is then telling the people, he says, hey, this is what you're called to do. Like true, deep, sacrificial love. And he challenges them like, you can't do this. That's the, the simplicity of the message is I will present you what Paul said based on what Jesus and how he lived, but ultimately you can't do this. And so you need to receive this love from the father in, other, in order to have any hope, <coughs> excuse me, got something in my throat, and in order to have any hope of loving in the way you're supposed to. And that was the message. Yeah. When this happened a couple of days later, because I, I heard about it pretty quick, just from a couple pastors who reached out, just being in college ministry, they were like, hey, what do you mm-hmm. think about this? And, uh, I went and I watched his sermon and as I, I was running on the treadmill actually, as I was watching it and I just kept thinking, this is normal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like that it, it was good, right? Like I, I'm pretty, pretty soft on other preachers. Cause like, I don't want to be hypercritical cause I don't want people to be hypercritical of me. Like it was a good message. Like yeah. one that I would show our people if we ever needed to learn about Romans 12, right? Like it, it was, mm-hmm. it was good, <clears throat> but it wasn't amazing. Like it wasn't anything I sat back and was like, wow, like, man, Mm -hmm. I didn't think about that. And I didn't think about that. And holy cow, the spirit was moving here. Like there was nothing in it to me that blew my socks off. There was nothing in it that I thought anything spectacular would come from it. And now we're sitting here 13 days later and people are still worshiping in the chapel. And that was the launching moment of it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the, it wasn't everything, right? That's where this more complex answer comes in. So like what's happening is there was a service that has never stopped. And the message that launched this service was about loving people and accepting that love from the father. Now, the more complicated answer is you can look and you can see some of the interviews done by faculty and other students who have said they've prayed for a movement of God for years, like years upon years, Mm -hmm. faithfully praying that God would come and move in their campus in a powerful way. And now they might be seeing it. That's, that's the more complex answer is like, what's going on? Nobody knows, mm-hmm. right? That's where this podcast kind of gets interesting is, hey, we can see the details, 20,000 people, bunch of overflow rooms. This was the message. This is what's happening. But it's in those details we have to ask the question of, okay, like, is God in this? If so, what do we do about it? Mm-hmm. And if he's not, like, how do we wrestle with some of that? And so that's where we'll go for the rest mm-hmm. of the podcast is yeah. just there is this thing going on and it is striking the Christian world and we just wanted to chat about it so that you can think about it and we can continue to have conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
What's kind of interesting is that something similar to this happened almost 53 years ago at Asbury to like to the day, February 3rd, 1970, an event known as the Asbury Revival broke mm-hmm. out um, and continued for 144 hours and caused classes to be canceled. Um, and it was a very similar kind of experience. Um, and now this kind of um, revival movement is is being seen spreading over over across wow words um other universities lee university sanford university cedarville belmont um so it's kind of it's become a little bit bigger than just what's happening there at asbury Mm -hmm. it's good and i think what's powerful is i was also looking into this is um it's crossing denominational borders Mm -hmm. um asbury university is itself a multi-denominational school um i know belmont university my cousin went there it's a very heavily Catholic school. Um, and so like these people of like many, many denominations. So like, this is the unity of the church that like we're dreaming of. Mm. Um, and so that's one really cool thing that as I saw, I was like, okay, like people are coming to, together to worship regardless of denominational mm-hmm. conflict or whatever. They're coming to proclaim Jesus as Lord and asking for a spirit to come. And that's truly what matters. Mm-hmm. And I think people are wondering even, and you can go look on YouTube. I think they've got live streams set up in the room where mm-hmm. you can watch the revival right now on YouTube if you wanted to. But people are also wondering, like, what's happening? Yeah. Right? At 3 a.m., what are people doing at the chapel? And it, it pretty much is simply prayer, worship, scripture reading, and a couple messages mixed in throughout there. Yeah. So there's not like a lineup of speakers. There are famous people going there. That's why, that's one of the reasons this is getting some hype and some clout is because people are reporting on it or they're they're influencing from there. But there are famous people there, but it's not like they're speaking. They're not really the people leading worship. It's a lot of the students and the faculty of the seminary that are still holding on to this movement and trying to, to lead it in some ways. But sometimes they'll just straight up open scripture and read. Like people will be sitting in there and they're just reading scripture. So it's not... Like they're constantly singing. It's not like they're constantly praying. There's this consistent overlap of seeking God in these different ways that's occurring there. So that like you can go tune in and see it right now for yourself. Mm -hmm. But it's not glamour. If you if you look at the chapel, I think it's really interesting. It's not a space that I would pick. Right? Have you guys seen the pictures? It it's old. It's old. Like it looks outdated. There's no fancy lights or screens or anything. And some people are like, that's what a movement comes from. It could, right? I don't mm-hmm. think it's helping the movement. I don't think it's hurting it, but yeah. it, it's not what I would imagine launches a movement, mm-hmm. right? Or like, I don't know. It's just really interesting. Yeah. And I, even I've heard too, like the the school has been very adamant of like what you said, keeping it to the college students and mm-hmm. the faculty. Yeah. They said no famous person's going to step on this stage. Like we, we don't want to center this around a personality. We want to center this around God. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why it's not, it's like, oh, it's just the Asbury revival. There is nobody that's coming up that, that's going to take anything away from this because of their name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's talk yeah. about a couple of the other things then. Yeah. And so the question is, is it revival? What do you mean by that? Great question. <laughs> um, no, th- with the, this word being thrown around, it's kind of a controversial, like, is this revival? Is it not? Is it just an awakening? And truly what it comes down to is semantics, honestly, um, of just the playing games around what words mean and all that. Um, but the truthful answer is that we honestly don't know. Um, and that's that's okay. Um, yeah. But w- what we do know is that it's an awakening, that people are coming and being refreshed by the Spirit of God 
um, that are, are finding um, a renewed joy in their salvation. People are coming to Jesus. There's healing. Um, and so that's what truly matters. It doesn't matter what word you put behind it. Um, but one of the things that we desire to look for after it is what's the transformation out of it? That if you have a large gathering that with like spiritual influence and stuff like that, if there's no transformation after it, then there'd be some probably questions about, okay, well, what actually happened there? Was it human led? Was it God led? Um, and so, so where's the transformation coming out of it is a lot of the reasons why people are holding back to call it a revival. Um, cause a revival, as some people would say, again, coming back to the semantics is a, a lasting change going throughout decades. Yeah. And we talk about semantics here a lot on the podcast, but semantics just means word choice. Yeah. Right. So it's, is it a revival? Is it an awakening? Is it a move of the spirit? Is it a concert? Is it an event? Like all those things that we all have implicit bias or assumptions with what those words mean. So if you've never heard the word revival, you're coming to it at a blank slate and you're like, okay, teach me what it is. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of Christians who have some kind of associated idea of what a revival was, yeah. whether it was the 1970 Osbury revival, whether it was the Azusa, Azusa Pacific revival way back in the early 1900s, or it was the, um, what was the one that happened over in um, Europe? Ah, whatever. You guys can look it up, I'm sure. But there's been these revivals across history that I was, I had to study. I'm sure you did in your Christian mm-hmm. classes. I don't know if you've had to, but there's this association with the word. And that's what people are trying to figure out yeah. is, does it match up with my definition of what a revival is mm-hmm. based on what I've been taught, based on what I've experienced, based on what they maybe would say the scriptural leaning is towards it. There's no, uh, I mean, the closest you get to revival is like acts, but that's Mm -hmm. not revival. That's the birth of the church. Mm -hmm. Reviving is taking something that might be older, might be dying, might be colder, Mm -hmm. might be like less vibrant and reviving it, bringing it back to life, breathing a new on it, giving it Mm -hmm. freshness. So then if you look at this and you say, is this a revival? To me, I'm going to lean on the side of yes, just based on the fact that people are being refreshed. They're being revived. They're being drawn mm-hmm. back to the presence of the Father. They're experiencing God. They're they're having renewed faith. Yeah. To me, that's a revival. And I, I guess I might use the term too loosely for others, but mm-hmm. that's where I'm mm-hmm. at. Any other thoughts there? Um, trying to think of how to phrase this, but I might just just pass. Um, I think sometimes people expect a lot a lot more like one thing that we have is like when we, when we have an expectation of resi- revival, we're not going to get another crucifixion. We're not going to get another Pentecost. And so a revival is going to look different than those. Like you think of the birth of the church, how that happened. And it was very vibrant. Like it was the spark. It was the beginning. And so I think sometimes people have the connotation of revival of expecting it to be that. And it's just not going to be. And so I think that's why people can be a, re, uh, a little bit more harsh or strict in the way that they use it. Um, but it's just making sure like what is your understanding and not only making sure if it's your understanding because it's not all about what you think. And I think there's probably three-ish camps people are falling yeah. in if you, if you care about this at all. The first one being like people are all in, right? God is doing a move. Asbury is in revival. They're flocking there. Look at all these people. Look at what God is doing. They're all in on the revival term and what God might be doing. On the farthest other end of the spectrum, there's people who are like, this is fake. Mm-hmm. It's only for clout. P- 
people are emotionally being stirred up, but the spirit of God is not in it. They're saying this isn't a revival. They might be even saying this is anti-Christian. There's there's a whole sect of people. I mean, it would not take you long to find an opposite YouTube video of this one that will yeah. absolutely tear apart what's happening in Kentucky right now. And then what I find is there's probably a vast majority of people in the middle who are tr- who either don't care or they're trying to figure out what they believe about it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're jumping in to just spark conversation and say, what is it? Does it matter? Like, what could we or what should we do about it? Yeah. So let's start there. Like, what should we or could we or like, what should we think about that? How does it impact us? Why is this conversation even somewhat relevant? Um, I mean, first of all, I think you can just join in prayer. Um, there's a ton of prayer happening. And so what an awesome opportunity to, to continue to join along with a, the greater body of the, the big C church. Um, and just prayer. So praying for them. Um, also like we talked about, uh, early in the podcast, like this was something that they had prayed for, for a long time. So what does it look like to pray for, uh, just a move of God in Brookings, like on SESU's campus, like at Grace Point Oasis, whatever, like it doesn't matter. Like ask for a move of God to happen in this place. Um, what else? Yeah. I, I think that's a really, I, I would tell people that's your biggest takeaway right yeah. there is regardless of if you want to go to asbury i have no idea how far that is from brookings i have not looked at at least 15 yeah it's got to be a long ways but like so to me is 15 hour drive worth maybe maybe if god is telling you you should be there if you feel the call to be there you should go but otherwise like do i need to go do i need to do i need to watch the live stream do i need to listen to this podcast or 20 others like it more than all of that i would tell you to just pray Pray for what God might be doing there. Like if it is of him, if it is his kingdom, I love the Lord's prayer where it says, thy will be done, thy kingdom come as Mm -hmm. earth and as it. Like you're never going to have issues praying that, right? Pray for Asbury or wherever or each one of these colleges that. Pray the same thing over your college, your Mm -hmm. university, your workplace. If you're a young adult and you're like, ah, well, like you could pray for revival in your workplace, that the spirit of God would come in power, that he would show himself in mighty ways, that you would be a part of it. And why would we not pray for that? Mm-hmm. Right? That's my mm-hmm. heart. And so we had service last Sunday, right? Asbury Revival's been going on for 10 days at that time. Other colleges are experiencing it. Other churches are, are doing events that could spark revival. And I sat there and thought, well, should we do anything different tonight? And I had a real wrestling with that. Like, mm-hmm. does anything need to change tonight based on what we know is happening across college universe, uh, campuses across America like, is God doing a work that we need to partner with? And and I just felt we didn't. I felt like what we were doing and what God had asked us to do was still the faithful element. And if something happened for that, like before the service, I prayed that God would work mightily. I do that every single Sunday night. My prayer doesn't change. But nobody stayed after. Mm-hmm. It was 9.30. I still went home. 9.45, we had finished cleaning up. Like, it was a great night, but it wasn't mm-hmm. anything that, like, was revival-esque yeah. and that's still okay but my heart mm-hmm. and my prayer and i hope your heart and your prayer still doesn't change mm-hmm. that god would do a mighty work and maybe it looks like what's happening in asbury maybe it looks like every single week we show up and give what we have to god in service and love to the people around us mm-hmm. that's where i would tell you to go yeah uh i think also out of that we can just talk about what success looks like um that's good and okay first of all don't compare I think is a huge one. Mm-hmm. We could come with that same, we could have come this Sunday with the expectation like, oh, the exact same thing is going to happen. No, 
I can almost guarantee you it's not. Like, you cannot go in, you cannot plan something like that. You cannot, like, compare and expect the exact same thing. That's just not the way it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you can do is be encouraged. Um, God is moving, that's success. Oh, if there's obedience, that's success. If there's salvation, that's success. Like, anything that is giving glory to God, anything that is building up his kingdom is success in any aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and also one of my other takeaways is just, I think what I've seen out of this is like just what it means to linger in God's presence. Cause that's what started this whole thing. Mm-hmm. The chapel ended and then 20 people stayed after and said, no, we just want to linger in God's presence. There's some unfinished business that we need to, to, to spend time with God that we need to like work things out with him. And it sparked all this 20 people faithfulness to say, no, I want to continue to, to sit here in God's presence, to invite my friends in, to come worship alongside me. That's what started this whole thing. Um, so how can we do the same? How can we sit, linger in God's presence in any space? We're not mm-hmm. saying after Oasis, you have to stay an extra hour. If that's sitting on your couch in your morning, doing your morning Devo, linger with God. If you have to, you know, spend an extra 30 minutes or 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, just sitting with God, like it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's so easy to think about what's next. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure those students had classes or homework to get to. They had other, other responsibilities and we live in a very frenetic, busy world. So I think that's a word, Dylan, just to mm-hmm. linger with God. Mm-hmm. For me, I was listening to this sermon series over the last two months and it talks about revival. And I just thought that was really interesting that this pastor was preaching about what it looks like to bring about revival while this, he didn't know, obviously nobody yeah. knew, mm-hmm. but then this thing happened and I, the two I'm trying to reconcile in my mind with what he was speaking, which what, what is happening in the first sermon he, he preached that has cut me to my core is God goes where he's wanted. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. think, and I sit there and I think even our last podcast where it says intimacy, right? Don't we all want God? Right? Like, that's yeah. what we mm-hmm. think. That's what we say. That's what we'd probably answer if we had to put it on a test. But God goes where He's wanted, where people are hungry for Him, mm-hmm. where they're longing for Him, where they're asking for Him. And is that our disposition? Yeah. Do we show up because we're doing church, because this is our jobs, because you're a Christian and you come to Oasis? Do you show up and listen to this podcast because you think it's a good thing to do? Or are we hungry for the presence of God? longing him to show up in our life because it's it's ruining things at Asbury in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're still trying to do class and professors are still trying to teach. Like <laughs> life is still trying to go on there yet there's 20,000 people in this small community flooding every restaurant, grocery store, hotel, park, like yeah. they're everywhere. <laughs> so God is messing up their normal lives in order to do this work if he's in it, right? Like yeah. we, we believe he is. I believe he is, I guess I should say, and you can make that decision for yourself. But do you want that? Do you want God to show up and maybe mess your life up and you might not be dating that person anymore or you might not have that friendship the way you thought it anymore and you might not have the career you wanted in the future. You might not have like the amount of money in your bank. Like when God shows up, things change. Mm -hmm. And some of us, we're just, we're not okay with change. We don't want change. We're really good with the status quo. And so we're saying, yeah, God, show up, but please show up in the way that I would like Mm -hmm. you to. Mm -hmm. And he, he doesn't often do that. Yeah. Yeah, he shows up when when the whole heart is given. There's the the. Um, I'm just killing it with words. Um, there's the example, imagery thing. That's like, the, your heart has many rooms. What are you not giving Jesus the key to? Mm. It's like 
if there's stuff that you're hiding and like or not letting go like do you fully want jesus like you want jesus in every part and so if you're asking god like i want you to be a part of my life i want you to our i want to have an intimate relationship with you then you got to let him have all of it you've got to be willing to let that change happen you've got to be willing to get put in uncomfortable situations because that's what's going to grow you yeah and i think that's so interesting because what 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 was part of his romans 12 message that launched this was an emphasis on repentance where if you have this fake sense of love, if you've done this this less than love, then you need to repent of that, come to God and ask him to fill you with the true love. Mm. And that's what you're saying too, is there's, if there's, there's areas of your heart that are still in sin, repentance is the part where it says, God, please come into my life and turn me around and lead me back to you. Yeah. And this last summer, I got to preach a message Sunday morning about King Josiah. If you've never read his story, it's in the book of First Kings. Gosh, I'm really dating myself. I don't remember exactly, but I think it's First Kings, and uh, it's First Kings or Second Kings. So if you Googled it, you'll figure it out. But <laughs> when I finished that message, I talked about revival. I used the word because Christians throw this around. We want revival until we get revival, and then we're like, "Is this revival?" You know. And then we mm-hmm. debate it, and we have podcasts like this trying to figure it out. But at the end of that message, there was this Charles Finney quote that I couldn't get off my mind, and it's, it goes like this, revival is a renewed conviction of sin and repentance followed by an intense desire to live in obedience to God. Yeah. And Charles Finney, if you don't know who he is, he's the leader of the Great Awakening in America, so he was the one who saw probably the biggest revival this country has ever seen, and he's telling you revival starts with conviction of sin and repentance. So it starts exactly with what you were just saying. These areas of our heart that are hard, that are away from God, that aren't open to God, that aren't living in righteousness. When we take those parts and we say, hey, God, you can have this. It's yours now. Mm-hmm. That's where revival starts in every single human heart, and it's contagious. Yeah. So good. And, and I'm rambling. I'm going on. <laughs> but I'm just kind of interested in this. I'm passionate about it yeah. because I think there's biblical examples of when God shows up really, really pertinently, when he, when he shows up really, really tangibly and it almost gets consecrated as holy ground mm. that there's this holiness i think of the mount mount of transfiguration where jesus but he he shines in his whole divinity and uh james peter and john are standing there and they're they're trying to figure out what's going on and they're confused and peter speaks and it ruins it like <laughs> or like you look at moses in the burning bush like he tells him take off your shoes this is holy ground when mm. when when normal humans are interacting with the divine holiness of god there's something radically different about it that draws people in. Yeah. So it's like, why are all these people flocking to the middle of Kentucky? There's nothing there in Kentucky. Like, th- there's nothing, like, there's no attractions, there's no night, like, it's like a normal everyday city. Mm-hmm. But people are flocking there, and some of me thinks, well, is it holy ground? Mm. Like, is God's spirit there pow- powerfully and palpably in a way that people are just drawn to it? They just want to experience him in that way. And if it is, who am I to sit back and say, well, sh- I saw this influencer there and they were putting stuff on their stories and I don't know if that's, I mean, come on. Let's, yeah. I, I'm just always in favor of let's side with God, right? Let's side on he is doing a move mm-hmm. and then I'd rather be wrong when it turns out he wasn't than get to heaven and he was doing a move and I was the one sitting on this podcast saying it's fake. Yeah. Oof, that sounds a lot like the Pharisees to me and that's not what I want to be like. Yeah. But <laughs> those are like my last thoughts. Okay. Any Last, last thoughts? No. I think go for it. <laughs> say what you were going to say. 
I don't have any thoughts that I was going to say. That's yeah, the problem. <laughs> but before the podcast, Jaina said, why are we talking about this? Yeah. And I think you have a good... I don't sit in either end that says this is absolutely God was 100% moving or God is not in this and this is satanic. I sit somewhere in the middle who ha- does not know how to process this and does not care at the moment. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, that's where I'm at. That's why I'm, for if you're listening, I haven't had much to add because I just, I haven't processed it. It's been way too busy of it for a week or two for me to even think about what's going on in yeah. Asbury. So. Yeah, but I think that's okay. Like in some ways, not everybody has to talk about it. Yeah. But if God is in it, we're going to want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm that's, behind that. that's yeah. where our conversation is kind of leading is we're going to leave this. And you obviously know my opinion. I have, <laughs> I have said that, but like if, if God's in it, man, I think we're just going to want to talk about it. I, th- I hope the history books will look back on this as God did an incredible thing and it changed the landscape of the culture mm-hmm. of America. Yeah. Like it has this potential. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if it is a revival, the 20,000 people who are experiencing it and the, the 20,000 more who have been there or will go there, like they will leave changed, living different in their communities. And if 20,000 people go and impact, like that that will shift the makeup of different communities, which mm-hmm. could shake up huge things. And I just hope if the history books look back on it, I could say, yeah, we had that conversation. Mm-hmm. And and if it's not, and it's just a blip on another social radar, like so many things are today, because our world goes so fast, mm-hmm. then the podcast will disappear like every other piece of content like <laughs> it's done. Yeah, and if like, you're in the same camp of Jenna. Like, I don't know if, like, I, you need to process it. You, then you probably don't. And that's okay. You don't have to come up with a whole theological dissertation on what's happening there. You don't have to write a huge paper. There's, there's no one asking for your, your thoughts, like, in a really well-drawn-out way. You can be excited that it's happening. There excited. were people asking for our thoughts, though, which is one yes. of the reasons we <laughs> yes. did this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Just so you're out there, if yep. you're like, why did they pick this? One, super interesting. Two, I think there are people who are interested yeah. in it. So yeah. here's our opinion. Feel free to have other conversation with us. Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Be excited. Be empowered. All right. Catch you next week. Bye. Bye.